Uh, good afternoon to everyone. Um, on behalf of uh, Institution of Engineering and Technology, I'm very happy to share with you that we have an expert panel today to share their thoughts about uh, software-defined smart cities, towns, and villages. In specific, we as a panel going to spend some time on how these new age technologies like mobile social analytics, artificial intelligence, machine learning, mixed reality, blockchain, and that other different technologies are going to change the landscape of the cities, towns, and villages. So we are here uh, to share how the cities, towns, and villages can be shaped up in the era of fourth industrial revolution and uh, digital era. Just to give a brief about uh, IET, it is 150 years age, probably Eng group, uh, has been advocating pretty strong on engineering and technology, how these two can help in solving the various problems in the society. So with that note, without wasting much of the time, I would like to invite our esteemed panel to uh, start with, I would like to invite uh, Amruta Choudhury. Amruta Choudhury is the director of uh, Gaia, an urban tech firm providing insights as a service for smart sites and smart cities. And she is based in Mumbai. Uh, she's a business strategist, engineer, innovator. She has 22 years of experience in innovation, strategy consulting, board advisory, and heading growth stage businesses across USA, Australia, and India. And very important information about her is she holds seven US patents semiconductor manufacturing. I think, congratulations, Amruta. She's an independent director on the board and audit committee of Mahindra Life Spaces Developers, NESCO, and Simmons Marshall. See, she is on the board of uh, Drishant, a tech startup for social sector. She holds degree in BTech from IIT Kanpur, MS from UC Berkeley, and MBA from Carnegie Mellon Tepper Business School. Thanks, Amruta, for joining today's uh, panel. Delighted to be here. Thank you. Our next panel member is well known in the smart and safe cities and construction space, JVS Ramakrishna. He has around 25 years of experience in technology, strategy, business development, global delivery, and building high performance cross domain teams. He has also worked in different countries like UK, South Africa, US, Japan, India. And currently, he's the business leader for safe and smart cities in LNT Smart World. Earlier to this role, LNT Smart World, he was the chief IT officer at Hyderabad Metro to provide tech leadership to Greenfield Metro Rail from strategy to different solutions. And his last role was country head and area vice president in South Africa. Thanks, uh, Ramakrishna, for joining this uh, session. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. Right. Next, Sunil David. He's also my colleague in the IET and very passionate leader. And he has 26 years of experience in the IT and telecom industry. And he's currently the regional director, Internet of Things for AT&T India. And he's based in Chennai. He's responsible for building the IoT strategy for the ASEAN regions and working with various internal stakeholders to ensure successful execution. Working on building 
a robust partner ecosystem for AT&T in the entire IoT value chain. That means the devices, the platform, and applications. So I invite Sunil David to panel uh, to join this panel. Okay, thank you, Sunil, and thank you, everyone. Uh, okay, uh, before we getting into the discussion, probably let me set the tone and context. Let us make this a bit of informal discussion, rather very formal panel. All right, we're talking about uh, three important areas. So healthcare, uh, education, and environment. All these three are very, very important, right? There are so many opportunities and challenges. So if you look at in the healthcare in India, I think 60% of the deaths are happening because of the non-communicable diseases, like heart attack, diabetics, and so on and so forth. Surprisingly, in India, 60% of the money is spent from our pocket, unlike in other countries. In other countries, for the healthcare, they spend probably 13% around, in the USA type of a country. Most of the money is spent by governments. That's another important aspect we need to consider. And from the GDP, India spends just 4.7% for the healthcare. It is, I think, 125 times lesser than USA, probably 5.5 times lesser than China. I think there are so many opportunities exist how these digital technologies which we have been talking about can really uh, take us to the next uh, leap is very important. So we will discuss on that. And second important area is the education. I think education is very, very important. But I'm more concerned, I'm talking about this. When we're talking about the robots, the humanoids are going to take over. I think Sunil is probably passionately driving that with these IoT ideas. What happens to our workers, our white collar, our blue collar? And most importantly, the students coming out of the academic institutions, are they ready for this game? So unfortunately, in the Indian education system, most of the education happens with uh, just reading and understanding, not analysis, application of the knowledge, and creativity. Unless we teach the students on those three, tomorrow, reading and understanding type of skills will become redundant because the humanoids, the chatbots, and virtual assistants can do those recurring jobs efficiently than human beings. So how, how education can really go to the next heights? I think that's very important. Second important, because of these technologies, can we take this education to the doorsteps of the students in the rural India? I think that's very, very important. Today, thanks to technology, we can take it. A qualified and competent teacher from a metro city can teach, which can be probably um, taken by the rural uh, students, right? That's one. And coming to, I think, the environment, and I also include there the biodiversity, very alarming statistics. The carbon emissions, if you look at, I think, every year, 33.2 uh, gigatons of carbon dioxide getting emitted. And 2.2 billion around people are drinking contaminated water. Right? That is a serious, alarming thing. And 18 million trees are cut just to get the paper. 40% of the forest is removed, I think, in the last one century by all of us as human beings. Right? 7 billion animals getting killed for the human food every year. 7 billion people are dying just because of the pollution. Very, very alarming statistics. We are here to discuss now how the digital technologies, if not all the problems, but at least few of the problems we can solve 
effectively and efficiently and we can also create new opportunities to begin with i request amruta to share her thoughts on the healthcare in india or globally what's happening how these new technologies can help us to build a robust and sustainable healthcare system thank you amruta thank you so much uh, uh, first of all thank you for inviting me for this uh, panel so uh, you uh, very effectively set up uh, the challenge in india that we have that healthcare spending is very low so uh, like you know if i were to just spend a minute on challenges before talking about uh, like you know the opportunities uh, so challenges come from like you know a few different buckets first of all like you know our infrastructure uh, in terms of the availability of doctors is one of the lowest per capita population in the world availability of nurses is one of the lowest per capita in the world uh, beds uh and like you know like uh, other equipment capacity again is like you know extremely low compared to like you know our size of population right so that's a reality that we uh face with uh combined with that like you know there is budget there is like you know affordability so there are many uh things that are uh influencing like you know how our population accesses both public health as well as like you know like the healthcare uh, requirements for Uh, the more complex and the non-communicable diseases that you spoke about, right? Uh, combined with that, one of the other challenges that we have is that, uh, you know, from a human perspective, is the whole idea of the uh, like, you know, the oath that uh, the doctors take and the Hippocratic oath, and um, like, you know, how deeply do they follow it from a uh, like, you know, customer service delivery and a patient-centric uh, like, you know, approach, right? So that uh, needs to be um, questioned actually at this point of time, and there is. uh things that the medical council of india is doing so uh, what they did one of the things that they did last year in the last term, which is going to be applicable from this current batch is that medical ethics is something that has been introduced for the first time in our curriculum right and this is fairly important uh and also like you know technology uh as a course curriculum has also been introduced because today medicine and the delivery of medicine requires a lot of proficiency with uh, tech of different kinds right so again like you know that's something that is being introduced but again its effect will obviously like you know take time so coming to uh, the opportunity space like you know like uh, i would like to actually uh, break it into two parts uh, one quick part about the current crisis the corona crisis which is obviously first and foremost uh, like you know it is a health crisis and then secondly like you know the longer term uh, uh, like you know like solutions that we have in place so in the current crisis like you know what we've seen is that um um you know the smart city infrastructure that had been put in in some of the smart cities and implemented so of the 100 about like you know 30 35 cities have actually implemented uh, uh multiple solutions which are off the ground and running and in those cities uh they've been very actively able to use uh the uh, deployed infrastructure to support the fight in uh, the corona pandemic right so to just give you some examples uh first of all like you know the uh, uh the uh, integrated command and control center in smart cities was converted in several cities as a war room and the cross functional teams of both the like you know the health teams the uh, like you know public health teams the smart city teams and the other like you know like health and sanitation police all of them like you know congregated there it became the place from where all actions and initiatives were taken um as a company we work very closely with agra and again agra has been at the forefront of this 
So some of the public health related initiatives that were uh, launched and used uh, was uh, like in a, a use of telemedicine uh, and uh, like in a looking at the uh, command and control room center itself as a platform uh, with the infrastructure that was already in place to enable the local doctors to quickly set up like in a, like a telemedicine practice for so, so general if, if I interrupt uh, here, um, you talk about uh, telemedicine and uh, I read one of the articles where uh, government doctors, I think uh, for every 10,000 plus people, only one government doctor is there today in India. Of course, the private uh, hospitals are there and all, but poor people probably may not go. Today, somebody is saying if you go, if there is a corona and, uh, affected and you go there one lakh per day, nobody can afford that, right? So do you think um, this telemedicine and uh, maybe the robo-doctors, where the doctors are number is low, and the preliminary things like non-mission critical type of uh, decisions, where the IoT devices and uh, robo doctors and all these things, do you think will help us to uh, compensate that gap of uh, not having uh, as many doctors as possible? Absolutely, absolutely. Like you know, so, uh, like you know, the entire telemedicine has been happening for like you know the last decade. We've been hearing about it, but I think this uh, crisis will actually give it a lot more impetus. And uh, where, uh, like, you know, it is helping now is that, um, you know, there are uh, kits that are uh, being created for, like, you know, let's say, like, you know, in, uh, not in the current scenario, not in the corona scenario, but in the normal scenario, like, you know, a public health center, like, you know, will be given a certain kinds of kits, which, like, you know, then enable, like, you know, a nurse practitioner over there to uh, work with a doctor in the city, and then, like, you know, like the diagnosis to happen that way, where certain kinds of tests, uh, basic tests, like, you know, like basic blood tests and so on can be done by uh, the nurse and then the doctor and or the specialist can be on call. So clearly, like, you know, that is a way to bridge uh, both distance and, like, you know, the resource constraint that we have in the country. Can we see a doctor in the next 10 years, do you think? A doctor where come on to my screen and uh, I just, all the details are sent, then it will say use this. And of course, there's a lot of regulatory and uh, different standards to be there. But non- critical and no so, dangerous medicine with respect to yeah, a that, doctor that i think is a far cry i know i mean like you know uh, ibm watson around the world like and you know, have been trying to see if it could bring in a lot of complex like you know like ai algorithms to do a lot of predictive uh, analysis of uh, uh, like you know, like trying to understand um, from symptoms, like you know, how to predict what the uh, like you know patient's condition is, and from there, like you know, move on to the next step of uh, from diagnosis to uh, the next step of action. And okay. it's just very, very challenging, right? So to see a robo doctor or uh, like you know, sort of like a chat robo uh, doctor chatbot uh, to uh, do the full circles from like you know, like. Uh, uh, speaking to the patient, diagnosis, and um, prescribing things, it's a far cry right, right now. It will be human-aided, and that is the correct way to go for the next decade, for sure. Sure. Right? Okay. But uh, going back to, uh, like, you know, the current corona crisis, some of the other public health-related uh, things have been, like, you know, so there have been a lot of, like, you know, apps and um, uh, IoT wearables which have been used for tracking and quarantine monitoring. There are testing kiosks, uh, like, you know, like, uh, been made. There are a lot of like you know app-based uh, solutions, including like you know some that Gaia has launched uh, uh, for uh, COVID-19, which looks at uh, like you know like uh, citizen health risk assessment. Uh, we've like you know created platforms for hyperlocal delivery of uh, essentials from the city to the poor, of uh, to the like in you know, a general like in you know, a uh, public 
uh, to bring in multiple like you know like uh, providers and the city and the citizens onto a common platform as well as like you know like different kinds of apps where our citizens can raise emergency requests and then somebody from the administration then like you know follows up right so it's and uh, like you know on in using uh, smart city um, like you know tools um like you know ai based analytics on the existing uh, surveillance uh, systems that had been created in cities um, had been used to look at containment clustering and so on right like you know so so smart cities in that sense have uh, uh contributed to this fight but if we look at the longer term right like you know some of the things that you talked about like you know can we use uh, screening can we use like you know pattern recognition and so on so there's a large number of startups which are already beginning to make their mark right so for example if you look at uh, uh path lab testing like you know, your basic blood report so uh, like you know there's a statistic which says that a like you know, an md student uh, yeah. during their entire four years of mbbs would probably look through like you know 30 to 40 blood platelets samples yeah. right during study and uh, uh like you know like uh, uh, while they have done their md they would have looked at another 60 70 so in all like you know they would have looked at throughout their training like in you know, 100 120 plates at the moment right like you know that's their mental like you know neural network of like a you know, patterns that they have but like you know there are tools available now which are trained on let's say like in you know, a 20000 samples right oh. so in routine things like this where like you know it is about pattern recognition similarly like you know there uh, like you know uh, lower cost uh, like you know ai based uh, um uh, solutions now for looking at the early detection of breast cancer screening uh, sure. so on right like you know so Thank these you. are yeah. solutions where which are based on pattern recognition where again an ai aided uh, solution can help a doctor increase and improve the efficacy of their diagnosis and uh, early detection and prevention and so on right so uh, there is a lot of like you know things where uh, such things are happening then this whole idea of blockchain for medical health record system i think like you know we need to see where we are in india right so in india the first thing will be like you know you just see the systems in place for creating the basic health records right like you know so yeah. that is the, uh, just the basic software saas platforms like you know it enabled uh, just to capture the data digitally that's the first step the next step will then come like you know the interoperability of data when you move from one doctor or one hospital chain to the other chain like you know how do you take it how do you ensure data privacy But, uh, sorry you, to that's the next can, can i interrupt uh, here uh, absolutely yes uh, when you said uh, this health records and all uh, who will maintain that hub because uh, that is very so there will be um, millions of hospitals will be there millions of patients will be there but somebody who is trusted of course blockchain might help to some extent but somebody should own that platform and make sure the access controls and everything to be done is it a government can do or um, other organizations have to do that this as you said interoperability exchanging the information yeah 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 see i think like you know the largest concern over here would be especially in medical health records will be privacy right around the world patient privacy is very important so uh, the government really does not get into uh, maintaining health records of citizens in most countries right so that possibly is not the right way to start or the right uh, point to start and it is a challenge which even other countries which are on a slightly higher curve than us in adoption of medical uh, record system are still facing because 
you know, in global markets, they tend to have large hospital chains or large insurance, uh, like, you know, like uh, um, insurance yeah. services, which then like, you know, connect with certain chains. So the point of entry is either through a large hospital chain having its, uh, like, you know, like uh, system, which is then shared across its network of hospitals, or by an insurance company having a, a like a system which is then shared by all the hospitals in that network, right? But the minute you move do you think we have uh, suppose if I am owning a hospital um, yeah. every day five thousand like uh, X Y Z type of hospital, so yeah. sharing the information always I am worried. I mean I have to share now. Today I went to one doctor in one big chain hospital, but tomorrow probably I went to another city where. some other hospital i went there the doctor has to access my electronic medical record yeah right that's the core crux of having these technologies right so i don't need to carry my record and anywhere in the world i can access that the doctor can see it so do you, what is the timeline you think in india we reach that state globally we have not reached that stage okay. first of all so it's a utopia globally right okay uh, uh, so and uh, secondly i think like you know from a uh in a design thinking framework like you know there was a, a project that i was doing as part of like you know one of uh, like you know like uh, there was an mit led uh, uh um, like uh, uh, working session that we were a part of and we were trying to see can we use design thinking principles to rethink like you know how would people like like uh, uh, get together and how would like you know so actually like you know the questions governing this are not technology but the questions governing this are who owns the data what is right, the ethics right. of data sharing what are the rules and boundaries that govern like you know like data access and data sharing okay does the patient have access to all of his information right because as a patient like you know the hospital hospital has certain things in their records do i have access to download 100% of that and then when i move providers can i take some of this along so okay. uh, there is a larger question over here which nobody has solved so probably i think uh, we will uh, pause here and uh, we'll move to um, Uh, Ramkrishna and Sunil also to share probably very briefly. Uh, Sunil, in our view, how IoT devices will change the healthcare in the cities, villages, or towns? If you could share very briefly, that will be uh, maybe Sunil, and after that, Ramkrishna can share. Uh, Ramkrishna, I have another question for you as you come from a different segment. So, <laughs> okay, Sunil. Just probably within 30 seconds, <laughs> if it is possible. Yeah, absolutely, uh, VSR. So uh, I think from an IoT standpoint, what I really noticed uh, over the last three months is how quickly there were startups who came up with very innovative solutions. You know, there's a startup called Nextbyte who came up with a low-cost ventilator. Today, a ventilator costs about sixty to seventy thousand bucks. They came up with a ventilator for six to seven thousand rupees. There's another mm-hmm. company called Avatar Tech Private Limited, which actually three three D printed a ventilator, low cost, right? Mm-hmm. So you know the innovation that came through in the last 3 months where you could actually build a device in short short period of time at a very low cost and now mm. the next step is obviously to ensure that these are iot enabled so that you are able to get data in terms of how the ventilator is being used of performance okay. and all and and the fact that the sensor cost has gone down that is going to make it even more affordable uh, going forward so from an iot standpoint i think we're going to see a lot more such use cases ventilators which should be iot enabled we already have robots in fact there's a robo in kerala which is called karmi mm. Which is there mm. in hospitals, which is actually serving patients food. It's got a video display where the patients can actually interact with the doctor. So that's like right. an IoT enabled robot. So I think IoT definitely does you know make a huge difference in terms of how do you monitor all these uh, parts remotely and okay. also maintain that. Thank you, Vyas. Good. I think we are going to see probably 3D printed organs 
and uh, the virtual uh, models where this uh, i think uh, because of it, uh, whatever we call the technology biodiversity nobody wants to experiment on animals and other species they want to have the virtual testing simulating all those mouse and other things okay all right uh, ramakrishna you have been i think in the industry where uh, building the sort of uh, mansions and <laughs> i'm sure you might have seen what do you think uh, very briefly how the hospitals they change the configuration going forward in the cities or villages or uh, the towns in terms of because there is a lot of technologies are coming do you see any foresee uh, the architectural perspective construction perspective the technology will change that if i want to construct a new hospital yes you may suggest me hey vsr don't go with the old and outdated traditional practices there is a new way to construct the hospitals for the benefit of the patients and to reduce the cost of maintenance etc yeah yes sir uh, first of all thank you uh, though i am not a construction expert but i can talk about what's happening in the in the, in the industry uh, the lnt is uh, more synonymous to construction but we do uh, 60 different businesses right from missiles to uh, many things right i mean they right. represent the smart world which deals with uh, smart cities safe cities and uh, predominantly ai iot type of technology but let me answer your question you know uh, the way lnt has change itself even on the construction side is not about building a hospital it's about it's not about a building a building the design thinking has been applied right from day one even in the construction where should be a bed should be where should be the you know how should it the bed configuration should be where should be an emergency landing will be will helicopter land at the top then should have staircase should have some ramp or how you evacuate quickly so the whole uh, if you can if i can uh, uh, tell you that it's not about construction construction technology the n number of technologies in the precasting reconfiguration so on so how fast we can do uh, but the most important thing is what does a doctor think about when he is actually entering what does a nurse think about so we actually have the hired lot of domain experts who can actually help in architecting the hospital in terms of the utility on user the you know design thinking sort of thing right so that is the first first thing number one number two while we are doing we just do Don't build a, a building, right? I mean, there are a lot of systems that go along. Some of the systems will involve in terms of your, you know, imaging and you know some diagnosis stuff and all those things. You know, in terms of putting in as a ready-made, really occupable hospital sort of thing. There, uh, what offlet we have been talking about is using some of the technologies like IOTs and AIs. Uh, predominantly, one thing which we have been seeing is people, especially when you go more and more into remote locations, uh, the access to health. uh in the remote locations is very very limited to the only primary health centers which have got two or three beds which are remotely connected there will be a nurse and they are not actually connected to the mainstream doctor and diagnosis so that is right. where actually what we are trying to help the governments is to put in a connectivity to connect the gram panchayats number one connectivity of 10 gig 100 gig sort of thing which will actually allow them to connect themselves to the nearest hospitals number one which is uh, like prime minister of india honorable prime minister said that while connecting roads to rural areas has improved the rural economy connecting them through broadband actually actually improves the digital economy so right. health tends to be one of the most important uh, uh, impactful kind uh, of you know service that will come on number one number two while like you are mentioning and amrita was also talking about there will be lot of non intervention diagnosis Uh, which can be done once you have a connectivity in terms of using artificial intelligence or machine learning in terms of x-rays you know in terms of yes. uh, some of these uh, you know radio uh, you know reports and all those things okay even if you see 
typical radio imaging uh, you know report for any cancer type of therapy what do they write they they actually do not actually give you a very precise diagnosis they say no evidence of disease they don't say no they don't say there is no disease not there, there. <laughs> they say so what, what actually it means what actually it means is they actually see the report and they try to find out and give the best right. probable uh, thing that can happen in that so sure. okay. i think that from the infrastructure point of view it is not the physical infrastructure it is a digital yeah. connected all three together actually is going to impact the health sector right thank you uh, thank you ramshla maybe i'll slightly change because you already spoke yeah sunil just one point i want to make here and that is to do with the you know the digital adoption within hospitals you know i was uh, the other day hearing an interview with sangeeta reddy the joint managing director of apollo yeah uh, apollo is very very advanced in terms of using digital right so they have ai based risk scoring they have great platforms where they can train their doctors simulators and all that stuff they came up with a red book which has all covid related information so i think it's time for other hospitals also to start their journey many of them are very very right. early in their adoption and i think if other hospitals and technology has become affordable now if other hospitals also take a cue with the apollo lead has already led the way then i think it will go a long way in terms of you know from a healthcare perspective because today it's all post care i think that we need to move to condition management you know we want to make sure that we prevent rather than end up having to get admitted yeah. and then spend more time on the post care part just very quickly to build up on that if i could Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, this whole idea of digital patient experience management is sort of coming in uh, yeah. highly around the world and also in India. And uh, if you think about it, I mean, like you know, a large part, both uh, like in a part of the uh, patient experience relates to not just the medical, um, like you know, intervention, but the pre and the post management of it, yeah. right? Like you know, this is where digital technology really helps. It's like a journey. Yeah, like you know, like the entire eco, like you know, the uh, continuum of care, as they say. Mm. And then the other thing is that, uh, like you know, from a cost perspective, about fifteen uh, to eighteen percent of any hospital's costs come from the non-medical processes, people, equipment. So just your general, like you know, like uh, your things, like you know, your HVAC, the blood bank operation, the canteen operation, like you know, like. Uh, the staff like you know the award boys and like you know so there's a lot of like you know uh, uh, talk about efficiency and optimization over there because right, right now we are seeing that skilled labor is uh, sh- uh, like you know like uh, there's a shortage of skilled labor and yeah. there's a lot of time sometimes like you know that gets wasted in terms of uh, critical care not being given because of like you know these kind of time back so again uh, low cost technologies can help there okay thank you uh, i'm just want to say very quickly so well, we can well, move to other one last point uh, you are yeah. talking about the the hub of medical record uh, recently niti aayog has already announced uh, you know after uh-huh. the announcement of ayushman bharat they are actually working on something called national health stack which exactly mm-hmm. talks about the hub what you are talking about in terms of emrs uh, wherein the oh. patients as well as the insurance providers can have a exchange to exchange the records and then the claims and all those things excellent i think it's expected and- to be done in 2022 yeah. i mean we need to see how it progresses now the doctors in uh, millions of hospitals also need to get the access without compromising the privacy the patient has to get the access and all i think that hub is very critical for that probably blockchain play very vital role yeah so maybe i will change the order so maybe i last now sunil uh, already i think uh, ramkrishna spoke now <laughs> so let us get into uh, uh, sunil i want to ask you question so 
do you think we all uh, will survive for a long time in the current environment and uh, the imbalance what we have been creating what do you think and uh, are we going to give a better future for the next generation i am an always an optimist we are sir so i am pretty sure that <laughs> you know maybe a future generations will probably have a better environment and better cleaner air to breathe in but uh, coming to the whole topic of environment you know uh, yes sir i was uh, reading a stanford study mm-hmm. uh, as per a stanford research it showed that the forest loss has led to the spread of pandemic diseases they came up with a study in april late 2020 Mm. and and uh, if you just look at covid you know if you just look at the origination of this whole thing it happened in wuhan in china in a seafood market right mm. uh, and, and apparently at least at the initial studies say that it get got transferred from a bat right uh, mm. that is that is what the initial study says and so what has happened is massive deforestation has happened and what mm. what happened is that because of that you find animal habitats getting destroyed and the animals have come closer to where human habitats have lived and mm. and that is the root cause you know so a lot of the previous pandemics also have to do with the same aspect of massive deforestation and you know we completely change the animal biodiversity so to speak right so i think it, and technology can perhaps play a big role there right for example you could have drones that can do tree counts in forests you could have sensors attached so that uh, you know you can make sure that uh, you know people don't intrude to areas which are not supposed to you know so technology can definitely play a big part there now coming to uh, you know the uh, environment part i just wanted to divide this into three parts mm-hmm. uh, one is waste uh, and second is water two parts actually and uh, uh, the 5th of january was the world environment day right i think we celebrated this about 10 days back uh, world okay. environment day and i just wanted to sh- share some statistics uh, uh, last week when we had the call you suggested that we share some statistics so i'm just to, going to reel out a few yeah. of them so as per right. the, as per some studies that were done by world economic forum world bank uh, world wildlife fund and un i'm just sharing some of them you know so it says that 30% of edible food produced per annum is wasted food yeah. wastage cost food wastage causes 8% of global greenhouse gas emissions 3 kgs yeah. of wasted 3 kgs of wasted food produces 23 kgs of co2 that is emitted in the atmosphere 85% of all textile that's thrown away each year 35% of microplastics which never degrade are found in the earth oceans come from textiles like polyester and microplastics causes 31% of plastic pollutions and oceans so so can, so can you imagine you know the kind of situation that you are dealing with right another study uh, this is done by a company called xylam it says that in india uh, 62000 million liters of water is generated wastewater sewage is generated in urban areas 62 million mm-hmm. liters of per day of wastewater sewage is generated in urban areas and only 37% of sewage generated uh, is generated is treated right mm-hmm. so so, uh, so hats, hats up to you and still you are very optimistic i am very uh, i think you are pretty confident so no, how I, next 20 years will change we have to see now no, at least to, our generation needs to get benefits with technology so the vsr i think we made the right start right so for example uh, some of the smart city initiatives obviously they need to be accelerated in terms of yeah. uh, you know using of technology uh, yeah. and waste you know we are talking about waste management of course technology will play a big part there and you're talking about waste management uh, smart waste management and i want to you know expand on what smart means when you talk about waste management because that obviously is impacting uh, in the environment in a big way more waste gets generated more of methane gets generated and obviously has an impact on the environment 
smart, I'm just uh, expanding on smart. One is you segregate waste, then you modulize waste, waste, so you have them in separate modules. You assess, you recycle and trace. Now, in, in all these areas, you could definitely use technology, right? For example, simple use case VSR, waste bins, which are, you know, today you have technology, we can have sensors attached to waste bins. The moment the fill levels go up to a certain percentage, 80%, 90%, alerts can get generated and the municipal guy can send the, you know, the right. pickup guy to come and, you know, lift it up and take it to, and, and get it disposed, right? That is a, you know, simple use case. Certain cities are doing it. Perhaps this has to get all more pervasive. And I, I think that they are becoming uh, some uh, revenue generating uh, entities also. They are putting some electronic screen on that, the waste bin, mm. and playing some ads in some of the countries. <laughs> so yeah, that could be revenue generation for municipalities. Yeah. Ab absolutely. And, and yes, sir, one more use case I want to give you. Again, IoT yeah. enabled. We, have, we work yeah. with a company called Emerson. And a lot uh -huh. of food waste, you know, they, the, when you generate a lot of food waste in restaurants, malls, so what they have done is and we worked with the MSN where the food waste uh, is, 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 you know, they use machines to convert that food waste into biofuel. And those, wow. yeah, so you can actually convert it into biofuel. And those are IoT enabled, you know, so when the waste gets up, up to a particular level, uh, alerts get generated and it creates what is called a liquid slurry, slurry and that liquid slurry is then taken and they use another process to convert it into biofuel, right? So that's another use case. Now, the next point which I wanted to make very quickly on water, you know, again, as I mentioned, you know, so much of water getting wasted. Uh, apparently, to uh, 7,500 liters of water is used to make one pair of jeans. 7,500 liters of water used to make one pair of jeans. So I think the need is to optimize water uses. Agriculture, as a country, we are so dependent on paddy. There's so much of water which is used for paddy cultivation. And a lot, right. of the, a lot of the water gets wasted. And I just wanted to sh uh, highlight one use case here, how you can optimize water usage using technology. And, and the solution actually, we have not done it in India, but can definitely be replicated in India. And the sure. technique is called alternate wetting and drying. Because in paddy cultivation, you've got to maintain four inches of water. Okay, you always have to mention that flood of four inches of water. Now, what we've done is we worked with one company called Precision King, where... Mm -hmm. We attach sensors to the to the fields and measure how much of water is there. Okay, so what happens is that you measure constantly the levels of water on a field, and there's always this process of alternate wetting and drying. So there are periods when there are when there is dry land, and when it comes to a stage where it is dry, you okay. you, then, you know you send a signal to the pump to pump water, and then water automatically. Gets, yeah. So and then you fill up that you, you you fill up the field with that four inches of water. So you alternately wet and dry at the same time, and then see the impact. You know, see when you less usage of pump because you're, because if you are using less water, your pump usage is less. When you are using less pump, uh, obviously less of electricity generated, less electricity is used, and that has an impact on environment also because the more of uh, uh, the pump that you're using. You're generating also uh, a lot of CO2 emissions, and and okay. even in fields, when you're having a lot of water, it creates what is called as an anaerobic condition, where it generates a lot of methane, right? So in one solution, you can actually address three things. You know, so one is you optimize water usage. Secondly, you reduce pump usage so that you don't, you know, you save on electricity. And third is you also have an impact on environment where you're not actually uh, generating too much of methane, right? So so. The question is, how do you build a solution that is affordable for farmers in India? And there, again, innovation would obviously be a big part of it. Need to work with startups to do that. 
And last point which I want to make is in terms of within buildings, within residences, how people like you and me can play a part. Like, you know, in terms of how do we optimize water usage? And, and we have startups who actually have very good solutions. I know of a startup in Chennai. It's called oh. WeGot. So they have solution where you can attach sensors to the pipes. So the moment there's a leak, you get an alert. And then they have these smart meters. And this is not a new thing, right? So smart meters, smart water meters, right? So I think if every apartment, every building has smart water meters where each of us pay based on actual water that we consume, then I think that will be a great start, PSR. So that's why I'm very optimistic that we have technology today. And if we're able to leverage that to the best, then I'm sure right. things will only get better in the future. Uh, I, I think I'm sure, uh, Sunil, uh, in the interest of the time, probably to, I think, uh, stop here. <laughs> But you are very optimistic and uh, I think I'm also getting confidence that some of the technologies uh, and the solutions what you shared, certainly we can do something great in the coming years. Uh, end of the day, I think the Panchabhutas, whatever we call, air, water, land, and two more are there, fire and sky, but three already got polluted daily, air, water, and land. Uh, land is also got polluted with this uh, fertilizers and uh, whatever we have been using. So uh, how the technologies can uh, probably predict the negative impact of all the things what we are doing and alert, warn us and uh, probably put us in the right direction. I think that probably we can expect in the coming years. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Sunil. So let us move to the education now. Uh, I think uh, I start with uh, uh, Ramakrishna. So I think we have great history, Ramakrishna, right? And uh, we always climb. India was great. I always say that we have to go back to the future. So where we invented zero, we invented chess, we did the first surgery, we had some 33%, uh, I think, uh, the GDP share in the world in the past. So today, uh, I met one of the, I think, you know, Ramajinagar, we met once, long back. He was telling why we are not able to produce the Nobel laureates from India. It happened long back. And whoever basically climbed greatly, the guys are settled there maybe 25 years, 30 years back. They become grandfathers of that country, not our citizens, right? They're born in India, but it doesn't mean that uh, they are something, uh, the noble laureates from India. So there's a lot of scope for improvement uh, for India to come back to uh, the their, I think, the past glory. So what do you think, how technologies will help to change the education system from rural India to the urban India? Yeah, so yes, first of all, uh, education has been our backbone and given the population, the you know demographics of our population, I think close to around 10 million uh, people go to schools at various levels in terms of primary education or higher education. Uh, one of the biggest things, if you see, our biggest problem has been, again, access to the education and affordability are the primary challenges. Now, the affordability, I think, off late and since last five years, many state governments are coming with new schemes in terms of making it cheaper. Somebody says we should go for English medium. Somebody says we should teach mother tongue and so on and so forth. There is some focus coming in. Uh, uh, surprisingly, I should tell you, the from 13-14 to 17-18, the higher education, the students' intake has actually increased from 32 million to 36 million, uh, 36 lakhs, okay. 32 lakhs to 36 lakhs, which means that students are now, good news is that they are coming to the schools. But the bad news is, uh, the teachers actually have started coming down from 13 lakhs to 12 lakhs, okay, mm. and good quality teachers are also availability is becoming less and less because people pursue the professional courses either to go to the urban areas or to, you know, which is more promising, uh, you know, commercially and all. You know, there are people who are really want to passion 
they are actually settling down into, 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 into the teaching profession. Also, if you see, but if you benchmark this whole thing, India with globally, what you are actually talking about in the other countries, we have a student-teacher ratio of 24 is to 1. Whereas, okay. one of the best is you, Canada, I think it is around 9 is to 1. So, we have a long way to go on that. So, one of the key things I think we need to do more and more is give right to education is a one good policy that has come into play for, you know, where people have right to for education, first of all. Which means that people can go to the schools. There are many central schemes which people are pushing in terms of making the education accessible to the to, to the, the, the rural areas. And of course, it's always available in urban, but in a different degrees of commercial impact. You know, some are extra expensive, some are not expensive. But the important thing is, I think government has also realized the role of technology in this in improving the accessibility. Number one, what they are doing is uh, there is a scheme called Rashtriya Majjanik Siksha Abhiyan, which actually pushes ICT in schools. For example, 60% of the schools of around 1,50,000 schools approximately are actually digitized. When I say digitized, there are some iPads, there are some projectors. So there is a last mile uh, facility to do a digital content, number one. Number two, like you have been talking about saying that an urban teacher is available in the rural or or a rural uh, school get an access to a district headquarters, you know, because if you See, some places there is shortage of science teachers, there is shortage of mathematics teachers. How do we, you know, bring, uh, you know, uh, uh, cover that up? Uh, their technology plays an important role if we are able to connect these schools using the broadband. So there are many programs which government of India has started to connect some of the schools at the Gram Panchayat level, which is called, uh, a program called BharatNet. Actually, it connects right. you know, the Gram Panchayat. So which is very, very, very important thing. The moment that comes in, few schools will come onto the broadband or internet, actually, which can be connected. The third important thing is, uh, for us, when we are actually talking about most of these uh, 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 schools, the biggest problem, if you see the challenges here, it is not only the teachers, it is not only affordability, it is not only connectivity. The other biggest part is the mode of education and the content, okay, which requires a huge you know, revamp in terms of how do we take the education. For example, you compare the Nobel laureates in the US and the here, the reason the education system here is more of going through the textbooks and then come back. We don't right. actually have this system of questioning and all. But again, technology intervention comes in a lot because in the last one month I've been seeing with my own kids. I think they get into digital uh, you know, uh, classrooms. They keep talking about it. The people who are actually hesitant to talk and question earlier, on a digital one, they're able to talk because there is facility for raising hand. They're able to ask some question. But you are not nearer, so teacher, don't beat you, maybe. <laughs> probably, probably. I think, I think yeah. technology, uh, if we are having a, a studio and a software, uh, which I think many states have started really looking at it, wherein there is recorded sessions, they need to, they can hear to the lessons, not once, twice, three, if they miss. Okay, so I think these are all the interventions which are helping them to get attracted to the classrooms, number one. Number two, connecting is giving, providing the accessibility, thereby again affordability. I think all these things put in place. I think we have got a very bright future, uh, you know, leveraging technology in the in the education system. Right. So, what do you see in other countries? And here, uh, like uh, I spoke to Amrutha about uh, robot doctor, that might be a bit dangerous. Uh, it's playing with, uh, I think, uh, life. But here, I think uh, playing with knowledge is also dangerous. Uh, they cannot give wrong knowledge. So, do you think uh, robot teachers are in the offing in India in the next uh, five years? Uh, already, something started, but 
little bit more mature and uh, how, how you think because teachers uh, availability itself is becoming a challenge it will be a challenge in future also the biggest uh, problem we have is uh, you know not about delivering the content i mean gogo uh, can come and deliver whatever it is i think in education system i mean especially in the primary school and higher school i think this teacher to student connectivity is extremely important we can actually plug in the availability of the teachers or content or accessibility here and there using technology i don't think uh, you know teachers can be replaced by robots ever actually even uh, you know there could be here and there people trying it out from the technology intervention point of view but uh, uh, it, it, uh, uh, our education is not about subjects it's it's about the the the, the holistic character and holistic you know uh, personality and all those things i think that comes a lot from the teachers and another disadvantage of this technology especially during corona time is that you know the, now the students don't meet each other so it's like all virtual so they they don't have this people to people connect and then they're all focused only on what they're teaching and they focus or defocus whatever it is i think what is important is i don't see robots coming in but what i see a lot of role in terms of artificial intelligence coming in in terms of monitoring the students behavior who is lagging who is not lagging not just by marks in terms of their behavior their attention how can we actually help to change the course content so that you know we can deliver better and better those things are already happening okay. we are already working on few projects sure. which will help the the, the teachers out there okay so so amruta in this line uh, probably i want to ask you a bit of a challenging question if uh, some of the countries they are operating their restaurants using uh, robots uh, even at the reception they have the robots who will who invites us uh, the servicing is done by robots and why not uh, robots teach the uh, students uh, if i have very less number of uh, teachers a robot teacher will be there i will have a name and i'll she looks like uh, any human being a humanoid i mean what is problem with that what do you think so uh, like you know can i uh, split that into like you know if you think of uh, virtual learning right virtual learning has existed right and virtual learning consists of uh, uh, like you know like a combination of recorded sessions it consists of like you know like uh, uh, videos and ppts and like you know there are uh, uh, i mean like you know at the very high end like you know uh, if you look at a harvard management or like you know it's a fully like you know virtual classroom where you know exactly at which minute like you know as a like you know because it's meant for executive education so you know exactly at which minute you pause like you know which answer did you not take like you know uh, did you take 10 minutes uh, like you know uh, did you take uh, 10 seconds longer to answer something and so on so they are not just building in information of like you know capturing your uh, knowledge grasping of like you know how you move from like you know one module to the other module but also like you know in business there's a lot of like you know questions around ethics so if you pause like you know it's actually assessing your ethical framework as well to say which questions you pause on and which questions that you don't pause on right so there's a lot of like you know ai that is being built in it now can that replace the last mile teacher in every scenario uh, i think yes and no I'll, i'll give you a couple of like you know examples of where things are happening right so at the grassroots level Uh, this whole like you know notion of teaching in vernacular is very important so there's a startup for example like you know which is looking at uh, uh, students it's focused on students in bihar okay and where like you know you need to teach them not just in hindi but in the dialect and in the sort of tonality of hindi that is important for that particular student so that they they can both understand the teacher and like you know like sort of like you know be able to feel comfortable uh, with the way in which the uh, content is being delivered right so like you know there are people who are looking at that uh, at that level i have another friend who's like you know like he's uh, a professor at iit delhi 
and what he has created for all of the IITs uh, uh, nationally is this online lab where a lot of resources of like you know like uh, different laboratories in different IITs uh, have been brought online so that students can share resources and and I'm talking of labs right like okay. you know so there is a way in which they are like you know uh, being able to do this whole idea that uh, uh, ramkrishna mentioned about like you know like learning by doing which is very critical and can you virtualize that learning by doing experience and the iits okay. have started that experiment and that okay. uh, gone well for them uh, again at the grassroots level like you know there's a lab on a cycle and like you know like the lab on the train which has been like you know going around like you know, so how do you bring access to students at different levels and that's the important thing so it's not a full robot but it is a robotic and uh, yeah. like you know ai and ar vr experience combined together with humans which is then delivering like you know the last mile experience that you yeah know. maybe by 2040 around we'll see completely uh, robots driven schools probably we'll see that initiative from the government that just got announced like you know so ncrt has uh, uh like in you know, a joint with a few organizations and a lot of the curriculum is going to be made digital and this mm-hmm. is really for the last mile and as i talked to like an you know, actually of my household help and i know that they are telling me that in their villages uh children because they have no other form of access mm-hmm. so the homework is being sent on whatsapp and the child is doing the homework and then the mother or the father is taking a picture and sending the uh like in you know, a homework back by whatsapp so that's become that a mode of communication excellent good So let us hope for the best. And uh, Sunil, I have one more question. Probably yeah. we'll conclude then. Uh, yeah. Yes, sir. Just to on on a very lighter note, when you can have a robo in a hospital, when you can have a robo in a restaurant serving food, why not a robo as a teacher? <laughs> no, I'm I'm thinking robo as a teacher for every one hour. It changes his color, hairstyle, and uh, one robo teaches all subjects. When teaching a different subject, it changes his configuration. I will not get bored. Right? So that's what I need. <laughs> When we are talking about uh, robot teachers, students are actually yeah. talking about robot coffee students. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that is dangerous. <laughs> so, in a very serious note, uh, is uh, see with all this connectivity, all the students are getting a lot of uh, I think uh, access to the knowledge. Uh, there is a decline on the respect towards the teachers because. sometimes the students are pretty good uh, in terms of acquiring a knowledge because they are seeing the videos and uh, so much of knowledge is available culturally i think that's very uh, challenging second is the crimes what is happening today also very alarming a teenage guy is raping a girl i mean and even a 8 year old boy talking about something which not expected in our generations right so that means this uh, whatever great technologies giving a benefit there is a negative side of that what do you think we need to do as a government or citizens to control it i think if you can share it in 30 to 40 seconds we can conclude the session yes yeah, sir it all boils to a mindset change you know i, I think at uh, children you know they're when they are 3 to 4 years itself the kind of character gets formed very early in their life i think the onus is on the parents to make sure that they get them to inculcate the right set of values so they know to respect women and once they get to school to respect teachers so i think a lot i'm not going to use technology here but i think it's more on the parents part to make sure that very early in life they get their students to you know uh, the, the kids uh, mm. to kind of uh, inculcate the right set of values right but other thing is the vsr i think uh, even for the students they should uh, there are a lot of these myths that which are there you know that uh, uh, the technology is only for the uh, rich and the elite 
technology is only for the guys who are very tech savvy i think those myths have to go or even online education i think this whole blended learning 70% right now it's about 100% everything is online but i think the new normal will be like 70% online and 30% uh, maybe face to face maybe in the next one year or so depending on how quickly we find a vaccine but i think we got to remove all those myths saying that online education is not really good or the certificates and education uh, you know whatever certification that you do courses that you do may not be very valid all these myths have to go off at a very early stage vs sir and 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 i think that myth that tech will replace teacher i think that has to be completely removed completely. okay yeah. okay i think uh, this is a wonderful discussion probably uh, we planned for an hour uh, so what we are trying to say here is uh, technology is going to improve uh, create uh, new opportunities in the education healthcare or environment but also it help us to solve the current problems which are existing for a long time it is uh, there so i think when i was talking to some of the forums i am saying uh, the technologies are giving life to things today it's not only human beings somebody asked what is the population of uh, uh, india it's not 130 crore it is 200 crore because we have so many i think uh, non living things got that iot enabled sensors and they are able to predict talk and all right so there is a people to people people to things and things to things are getting communicated in real time if that is the case the cities the towns and villages will really get transformed so we will have tomorrow maybe 250 crore population in india like saudi arabia has given uh, an identification number for sofia the robo you will have for another 100 crore population in india in cities villages and towns some national id so you have to work with them so i think that probably in the next 15 20 years it may happen but uh, it may not happen but it should start that's where i said back to the future doesn't happen just i think with some slogans if you start it will come that change after 25 30 years in any country i think all these innovations should start in iits iims and other institutions people like us i think under iit umbrella the institution of engineering and technology is for that not only for today and also for tomorrow a better today and better tomorrow thank you so much amrita ramkrishna and sunil joining for this session i look forward to i think work with you to bring some change in the cities towns and villages powered by technology thanks to jani and venkateshwar thank you good luck thank you thank you bye bye thank you